the One Two Football Podcast. The voices of tomorrow here today. Hey guys, welcome back to the One Two Football Podcast. I'm Nathan, and today we are looking back on our Premier League predictions as well as reviewing last week's action. As usual, I'm here with Ollie and Kieran. How are you guys? Yeah, I'm good. Premier League is, it seems like it's been on, in my opinion, for more than a, one weekend now because so many games have happened, so many goals have happened that it just feels like it's been, you know, and also the Euros, it feels like football never stopped. So for me, it doesn't feel like it's the, you know, only just been the first week, but, you know, I'm good and hopefully I can actually watch the Man United game this weekend because I'll have, you know, TV and Sky. So yeah. a huge win on, on the weekend for Spurs, I bet you didn't expect that. Uh, well, I mean, I was buzzing at that, but I mean, to say I did it, didn't expect it. I mean, there was a part of me that was quite optimistic about um, us winning that game, and also the fact that you know, City at home to Spurs the last few years has gone our way considerably a lot of times. So I, I just felt like that was a, a brilliant performance, and to go from not very optimistic with everything that was happening, you know, fifteenth choice manager and all that. To now feeling pretty optimistic. Uh, I'm not going to get ahead of myself there because I mean the top four is pretty, you know, as we'll probably get into, pretty set in my mind. We've done all done our Premier League. We did this before. We did this last week, um, but obviously we weren't together at the time. Ollie was in Cornwall, I think, so there was no chance for podcast. We've put together our, our 20, 20 place, 20 places. We've also got top scorer, most assists, first sack in player of the year. We'll get to that towards the end. But I mean, we might as well just start off. I'm pretty sure we've probably all got the same team at first. I'd like to probably assume we do, but it wasn't the best start for them. I'll, I'll kick off my first place team, Manchester City. I, I don't. I just. I know they lost. They lost um, on Sunday, but I mean, it's just look at their team. You can't look past it. I, I haven't got them as number one. They're not my number one, um, but they they are my number two. But they have got an insane team. Um, the team is so good, but yet, for me, it's just a bit weird. I don't understand. I'm just going to start off. I don't know why Ake's been starting at centre-back over Stones. Maybe it's because he's tired from the Euro or something like that. Euros, I don't yeah. know. But for me, I don't know what it, I don't know if maybe, you know, Pep's getting a bit undone. He's been there for a couple of seasons now. People are understanding how he plays and stuff like that. Or they can, you know, they can find a better way to counter or other teams are just getting better. But City are a weird one. They just look so off at the minute. I mean, I know they played a, quite a weak and young team against Leicester um, in the Community Shield, but they just look a bit off it for me. And, um, and well, I did this before, I even obviously before most of these games were played. I did this quite a long while back, back, actually. And I did it based off, I'll say, I got Chelsea number one. I did it based off the fact that, you know, they got Lukaku, they won the Champions League, they did all this. Um, and, you know, they hadn't got Lukaku when I did it, but I thought they would do, or get someone um, like that, like Haaland. So Chelsea are my number one. And But yeah, back to Man City, they're my number two, but they're an incredible team. And it wouldn't surprise me if they did win. I've gone for them top two as well, um, but I've agreed with Oli. Um, the, the biggest deciding factor for me is I looked at both of those teams and this got exposed, I thought, massively for City at the weekend, is they don't have a striker who will be in the box and who can finish those kind of chances they were creating. Chelsea have now got that in Lukaku. And I think that if Tuchel can find the consistency to keep that team going, um, I don't see why they wouldn't win the league. I think, if anything, they've probably got maybe, on the whole, as a whole team, a better squad depth than Man City do. You know, you've got Chalaba coming in for the first game of the season, not looking out of place at all. You've got Aspilicueta, Reese James, Thiago Silva, all still to come back. And there was a, a Chelsea friendly I saw against Weymouth, where they won, I think, 13 0. And it was, you know, as you'd, as you'd expect, but it was a lot of fringe players. and but. You look at the players in there and all of them are Premier League calibre players and you think they wouldn't go amiss slotting straight into the, the Chelsea starting lineup. And now they've got Lukaku. I mean, I, I don't think you can look past them. You know, Lukaku has got unfinished business in the Premier League and after the seasons he's had at Inter and, you know, the Euros where, you know, Belgium didn't do as well as people probably expected them to, but he still scored goals and that's exactly what he is. He's a goal scorer. And I think if you add that into the creativity of Mounts Ch, Havertz, Werner playing with Jorginho, um, Kovacic, Kante all in behind. I, 
I just see them running away with it, if I'm honest. Yeah, I've realised I've slept on Chelsea pretty badly on, on my one. Because <laughs> second, I've gone, I've gone a little hopeful, a little optimistic. I've put Liverpool in second. Just, I think the defensive depth there now is is so much better. I think with Van Dijk, you know, you have to understand with Liverpool with Van Dijk and Fabinho fit different team. Um, and I, and I think that they, this could be a really good season. Now we do have a slight problem, which is called the Africa Cup of Nations, which is going to take away like all our attackers. But I mean, it's a time for Yotta and Firmino to step up. I think if we can get one more attacker, then we're genuinely in for quite a good season. And I'd like, I'd actually like to think that we are probably a little bit underestimated at the minute. And I, and I think that's when we work best is when the, the expectations are low and no one expects anything. You know, we swept, we crept up to, to third place without any centre-backs last season. And now we've got centre-backs, we've got a defence-back. Trent's hit form again. I know not quite, well, he is fit, he is playing. But yeah, he hit form again last season and I know Robertson's out, but Samakis has seemed way more settled in. And I'll be honest, it is hopeful. It is like more than just kind of like, I kind of hope this happens. But I, I, I really think it's going to be razor close between the top four this year. I don't think no one's going to run away with it. And I think Liverpool are going to be in the conversation. I've put Chelsea third, but I, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if any of the top four win the Premier League this year. And I can't believe you, you know, overlooked Chelsea for the, for the top two there. My last word on Chelsea is I just think they're such a well-drilled team. Since Tuchel's come in, I mean, I think, and also, I put Chelsea over Man City based on the fact they won the Champions League and beat Man City. I think I couldn't really decide, yeah. so I they beat them, I'm going to put them up there. They're just so well-drilled, and I think that's kind of crazy. I think they're more well-drilled than a Pep Guardiola side, and that's hard to do. Um, and so, I mean, that's why I've done it. But Liverpool, they're my third place. You know, it was hard. It was Man U, Liverpool, <laughs> who do I do? And I honestly, I don't know. But I'm hoping if I lower my like expectations, I'll be in for a better season. So I'm going to put fourth. Although I think if Man United do finish fourth with the signings they're making, Oli could be under some serious pressure. But I have put Liverpool in third place. Uh, I can't overlook the fact they have Van Dijk back and look what he did when they won the league and everything like that. And they have such a good team. I mean, I said to you guys the other day in the group chat, I went, their defence is so good. It's so strong. It's probably the best defence in my eyes, or one of the at least up there. If Chelsea get Koundé, you know, then, you know, they can definitely rival that. But um, that uh, Liverpool defence is so good. And the attack, yes, OK, they didn't all hit form last season. Mane was below par, Firmino was blah, blah, blah. But Jota, Salah and Mane is a lethal front three. And it's just a great, great team. And I'm going to say it again. That midfield is the only part that worries me. And that's why I've got them third, maybe fourth, depending on where Man United do and stuff like that. But for me, that is an incredible team. Can't rival Man City or Chelsea for me, but a very, very good team. Yeah, I've, um, I've actually disagreed um, because I've put United um, in third and Liverpool in fourth. I just think, as Nathan said, the Africa Cup of Nations probably could disrupt the season ever so slightly. Um, and I look at the signings as well that United have made. Two fantastic players. Champions League Varane, as he's been called. Um, next to Maguire, who's just come into his own in the last season as well, I just think is, you know, probably impenetrable. But just to speak of it as well, you look at Lindelof probably worrying that, you know, he's going to lose his place. So he just puts in a brilliant performance at the weekend. So when you've got players who are fighting out for competition and places, that's when you're going to get the best out of them. And I think if Bruno and Pogba hit form and build that relationship that they clearly clearly already have together, I mean, I would put United down as probably top scorers if they really, really liven that relationship up. And, you know, that was without Sancho, Rashford and Cavani, who, you know, when you think about it, you'd probably argue that could be the front three. Um, so I just think in that respect that United will pit Liverpool to it. I think in terms of points tallies, I would expect Chelsea and City to be right up there in the 90s. Um, probably, you know, only a few points off each other. And then maybe a slight between then Liverpool and Man United, who will be, you know, kind of two points off each other. But I mean, as Nathan said, I think any of these four teams could finish any in any of these four places. Um and you necessarily wouldn't be surprised. It all depends now on, really, injuries and who hits form and, and what happens there. Um, but I just think that United, coming off you know last season, which ultimately maybe was disappointing after losing the Europa League final, they've invested into players who want to play for the club. Um, <laughs> uh, who want to play for the club. 
um, and a brilliant players at that. So I just think that United will finish third and probably win trophy. You get me so hyped when you were saying all that. I was just drooling. I was Maguire. Oh my god! It, it it is a great time to be a Man United fan. I'm not going to lie to you. And I kind of do want to say, you know, we're definitely going to be in that hunt for the title. But I just want to, you know, I think I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. I think like maybe you were a bit of Spurs, you know, going, you know, I'm so optimistic now, but I'm I'm very optimistic. You know, you look at that team, and on paper, you probably say, you know, a couple of years back, that's a title-winning team. And I think it's um just goes to show you the strength of all the teams in the Premier League this season. And I know everyone's been saying it, but every single season um, in the past, like, you know, this is going to be the best season yet. It's going to be the closest season yet. But this really will be, in my eyes, the closest season yet. And I think we said that last season, but the Man United team does look very, very strong. World Cup winner in Varane next to Maguire. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of sad for Lindelof because at the back end of last season, he did really well, I thought. Um, Euros, he had a fairly strong Euros and you know he's came in and I'm not gonna lie, the thing with Lindelof recently is his passing ability has been exceptional. I'm pretty sure he did a, um, after Cruz did a really good one in the Champions League, I'm pretty sure Lindelof did one a couple days later and everyone was like if Cruz, whatever Cruz can do, Lindelof can do better and Lindelof did another great pass on the weekend that Pogba would have been happy to do, you know he did do very well in that game as well but you know Lindelof's pass was amazing as well so it's gonna be great and it's really weird to say now but Man United's defence is probably Probably one of the, you know, I don't know if it's, it's hard. I was going to say one of the better areas, but then you've got Pogba and Fernandes in the midfield. You've got Sancho, Rashford, Cavani up front. It's, it's a dream team. I'm very excited. I but think, yeah, I think, fourth if, team. I think United, I think I think all four of those teams have to challenge. I, I really do. I, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be, you know, I think seven points going to be in it. That's my sort of estimation. And a few, if City beat Liverpool or City beat Man United, City beat Chelsea, whatever, then they'll go clear or Chelsea do the same thing and go clear. But I think it's going to be really tight and all the expectation, all these teams. I'd say possibly Liverpool, the only team that might get away with not challenging just because of the lack of investment over the summer. So people are like, well, this is what, you know, what do you expect? But I still think Liverpool should be up there. And I also think, you know, if, if Man United don't challenge for this league this year and they're off it by like 10 points, I think Ole has to go. I mean, that's a conversation we'll have further on, depending on what happens. I mean, judging off Saturday, it looks like they'll definitely be challenging. I mean, I think, they are Leeds' kryptonite with the way they play. Because Leeds just cannot do anything against Man United. I didn't watch the game. I was in London watching Exeter have a disaster class yeah. against Leighton Orient. But I saw the highlights and just, dude, it just wasn't we'll good get, from Leeds. Let's not get too excited about ourselves. We smashed them last season and we didn't win the league. And we didn't yeah. smash them as much this season. But it was first game <laughs> of the season. But um, yeah, no, it was a great start. But I just want to chip in there and say, I know a lot of people are mixed over Ollie, But for me... You just can't, yeah, okay. He's just not got the world-class name to go with him. He's got a world-class name, but in managerial side of it, he's not got that, you know, backing and, you know, the history behind him. But what he's doing at Man United, if, if people can say they haven't seen much of a change, then they're absolutely ludicrous and crazy. The change in the team, the change in our tactics, you know, the mentality mostly is just 10 times above, 100 times above what it was under any of the managers since Sarah Ferguson. So, you know, like you say, it's a bit different discussion. But for me, you know, Ollie's doing great, but yeah. If he doesn't win a title, I mean, he needs to secure a trophy. That, yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. That, that's great, do. but it's not a trophy. Like, I understand and I've seen the development of that team and it's great and the mentality and everything. What he's building is going to take time. I understand that, but you need to start delivering some results, okay. even if it's literally the EFL Cup. A trophy is a trophy at the end of the day. And if he'd have won the Europa League last season, like, that's a massive statement. Um, course, I just think that you, you, you do Ollie, need something eventually. If we keep Ollie, we're probably going to win a trophy, if not this, hope, probably this season, but if not this season, next season. If we don't win anything this season and we sack Ollie and bring in a new manager, I don't think that new manager will win a trophy straight away. And I think within the time that the manager gets settled, Ollie would have won something. So I don't think, I understand that trophies, you know, are what give that manager, you know, the sort of, you know, the pedestal that they are on. But for me, you know, give Ollie the time. And yeah, he's had time, but every manager needs time. I know it's generation, decades later, but Sir Alex didn't have a great start. Ollie's not had the best start and he's slowly coming into his own. And for me, you know, it's my time. You're saying trophies. I'm, I'm just here. I'm going to say that's not going to be an issue soon because, you know, I trust Ollie. Ollie's at the wheel and I'm happy. Tell that to Thomas Tuchel, someone who won the Champions League <laughs> after being at a club for four months. You know, yeah, if you, no, you bring in someone like that. Yeah, but let's. You, know, you never know. I mean, Chelsea have a really weird thing. They bring a manager and they do really well and they drop off. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen this season because I've got them to win the title. But yeah, he's a great manager. So moving down to the European, the other European competitions, Europa League and, and the Conference League, which is seventh to get Conference League, isn't it? 
that how I it have works? No clue. I don't have a clue about that tournament. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't even realize it was a thing until a couple of weeks. I ago. believe so. Yeah, seventh. I think. And I think it's in, yeah, in so like the trophy. Yeah, yeah. I think it should be. I, I don't like it for like TV, but I think if you're a fan and you go to games, I think that's. I think it's cool. Like if you're able to get to the games and be able to travel to new places, but obviously it's not the most thrilling competition in the world. I've definitely Europa League would I'm take rather not even over that. It. Yeah, but I mean, Europe's Europe. Chance to win a trophy, you can't, can't really turn that yeah, down. Yeah, I know. Yeah, time. I suppose. I just think it's a bit pointless. I, I think, you know... I mean, most of the things you're able to do are pointless. You've got a piece coming out on the side. Maybe when this is out, actually, because obviously it goes out a couple of days later, that's going to be looking into, you know, this new league and stuff like that. And if it takes away from, you know, the current formats of the Champions League and the Europa League, and I think it really does. And, you know, that's a different question, like I said, but that article is coming out and it will be an interesting read. Yeah. But I've gone and, and looking back on, on the opening day, and I will we'll touch on it, the predictions are like howlers. Apart from fifth, fifth, I've got Leicester <laughs> because Leicester always finish fifth. There's no point even trying to debate. Leicester always finish fifth. They'll be fourth for some point in this season. They'll probably be in the title race, then they'll finish fifth. But I watched the Wolves game and they shouldn't have won that game. I thought Wolves really should have at least got a point from that one. I saw Adama Traore had, you know, some sitters, an opportunity to square the ball where he just decided to shoot, I'm pretty sure, to. To whoever was playing up front, him and as whatever, but yeah, Leicester will probably be fifth. They've made great, they've done some great recruitment. Brendan Rodgers is a very consistent manager. I, I, I like them. Sixth, hmm. Um, Arsenal, yeah, not good. Oh, see yourself in twenty twenty one. Arsenal were the second best team in the Premier League in terms of points taken. So I thought they're going to be on it this year. You know, they've had another year to develop. They had a really good end to the season in terms of the points tally. As I say that only Man City got more points than they did. But yeah, it's not good. It didn't look good. It didn't look good on um, on Friday. They looked terrible against Brentford. Brentford absolutely worked for them. Um, and they look so void of creativity. I mean, I, to not, I won't talk about X too much, but it's like watching how City are playing. It's to the left back, to Tierney, cross it in, no one gets on it. And do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. So, I mean, Arsenal needs serious improvements. Apparently, Aubameyang's been not very good in pre-season. Um, he's ill at the minute. I don't think he's going to play against Chelsea. I think they're going to be in for a bit of a hiding against Chelsea. But if they can, you know, somehow... I, the thing is, I was actually quite excited when I saw the Arsenal team. I, I was like, all these young players, exciting players, Martinelli, Smith-Rowe. I mean, Sackle's on the bench, but you have Balogun as well. There all these players with, you know, big potential prospects. But they just look so poor. And, and they don't ever change the way. It's always very slow. And then the, just the lack of creativity. I don't know what they were thinking with the constant crosses. Maybe they just got a bit like panicked and were kind of just, right, we'll just do this, do this, do this. Um, but yeah, so they weren't good enough. I mean, we'll touch on that in a little bit. And then seventh, I've got for the Conference League, I've got Villa, I've got Aston Villa. And again, I mean, probably the shock of the, the opening day when Watford, when I saw they were 2 0 up, I couldn't believe it. And then obviously to secure a 3 2 win, probably maybe flatters Aston Villa a bit. Because what people were excellent. I mean, uh, I'll get to Arsenal uh, quite a bit later. <laughs> Eventually, in my in my, uh, <laughs> in my predictions, um, and I'll start my team. My you know fifth and seventh are identical. I've got Leicester and I've got Villa both there. Um, Leicester you just can't abide. You know they beat Man City. Yeah, it was a week in Man City in the Community Shield, but they still beat Man City. And they're they're a team which always is a threat. I think. In my opinion, and I mean, I've put Leicester just behind this top four, so it makes sense. I think if I'm a Man United fan, I'm more nervous to come up against Leicester than I would be to come up against someone like Arsenal. Um, because Leicester are just such... I've been for years. Yeah, but I was going to say Spurs, but I just didn't want to upset you. Um, but just Leicester are just a very, very good team. And it's a, they're a team, to be fair, which every single season can put up a title challenge for, you know, a large part of it, and then they come to the end and they just bottle it. Um, but... I mean, they've won a more recent than Man United. I can't really talk too much there. But, but, <laughs> won a trophy uh, last season. Oh, shut up. When did you last win a trophy? Um, <laughs> well, Why are you bringing that up? That, there's literally no need for it. <laughs> but yeah, no, Leicester are my team in fifth. Like you said, they love fifth. Um, they love it nearly more than, you know, Arsenal sort of loved fourth. And now, you know, they've lost that. But yeah, so Leicester are my team in fifth. Spurs are my sixth team. And, you know, and I'm kind of feeling confident. I'm feeling confident that I've actually put them there after the first time. And, and I know the whole thing of Kane, and I thought Kane was probably going to leave when I put them in sixth. But for me, Tottenham, I think 
are going to do well, even if they don't have Kane. Um, I, I love, I said when he was appointed, I think Nuno's a great appointment. I think he did great at Wolves. I think he's going to do really well at Spurs. And, and I'm happy to see that, you know, he got off to a really good start. And, you know, they are just, they have got good players. They've obviously brought in a strong new defence and they're still looking to improve that that defence. I mean, I saw, I think they were last linked with Zuma. Um, so, you know, they're linked with a lot of players, but, you know, they've got a strong team and, and Son is one of the most underrated players for me. Um, and... That's why I've got them in sixth and then Villa in seventh. But Villa are worrying me. I'm sure, you know, it's been one game. Let's not panic like me and my fantasy team. But, you know, <laughs> Villa... No, you are. You're firmly panicking for that. I'm very panicking on that. But no, anyway, different discussion. But Villa, for me, you know, they had a really good season last year. And I'm, I really want them to do well. You know, they're kind of like... I've, if it wasn't for Man United, I'm back in Aston Villa because they're just, you know, they've got Watkins, you know, extra boy. But... Yeah, they're just worrying me a little bit there. But, you know, I'm sure they'll turn it around. Not a lot of new players. It takes a bit of time for a team to come together with so many new signings. So, hopefully, you know, it was just a bit of a get some dust off of the shoes and come back next week and do a bit better. But, but yeah, that's my three. Very similar to yours, Nick, to be honest. Yeah, talking of very similar, I've literally gone for the exact same as you, Ollie. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, got, I've got Leicester in fifth because, as Nathan said, it's fifth. It's Leicester. I mean, we know what that means. Last few seasons, they finished there. And I'm pretty sure what it was on the, the last day of both the last two seasons, they've been pipped yeah, by the team going into fourth and them finishing, them, them finishing fifth. So, I mean, they're, they're probably going to do it again. Again, they've made some brilliant signings as well. Um, but I just think that they're probably not quite at the level of consistently getting in the top four and challenging. Then, obviously, I've got Spurs in sixth. Um, part of it was optimism because when I did it, it looked, looked like Kane was either going to leave or brought in the reserves. Um, now, I mean, it looks like he's being integrated into the first team and he's just going to have to get on with it because he signed a contract and his agent's not very smart. Um, but that's not... Can you hear that? Is that... What was it? There's a plane going past. Oh, no, keep going. Maybe, I got it. Maybe it's, not, okay. maybe it's I thought it was really <laughs> obvious. Maybe it's Kane going no. But uh, yeah, I've got Spurs um, in sixth. Like Ollie said, kind of the opposite of how I felt, just because it had been so long. It was about 70 days till we got a new manager, and it was probably sixth, seventh choice. Um, I'm really happy now, obviously. You know, it's quite naive of me to say only because we've beaten the champions. But at the same time, it seems like there's a different kind of mentality in the team. Um, I thought Davinson Sanchez and Eric Dyer were excellent at the weekend, which yeah. you know I don't say very often. <laughs> um, Jaffet Tanganga is an absolute revelation at right back, um, considering the problems we've had there since Kieran Trippi has left. Um, Son was brilliant again. Mora was brilliant. Finally, there was some end product there. Bergwijn again just needs the goal to kind of boost his confidence. But I'm just I'm I am optimistic, and you know if we if we are to be consistent and you know beat big teams. You know, because it's not like it was recently against Man City when we've beaten them, when they've absolutely pegged us in. But, you know, we've caught them on the counter and things like that. Yes, the goal was on the counter, but I mean, it's better to say if you watch the game, we never really looked in that much doubt of conceding. Um, so there's some optimism there and I, I do think we'll, we'll do well. And then obviously I've got Aston Villa in seventh. Um, not the best start again, um, but like what Ollie said, new signings take time to gel. Um, you can't deny the fact that Danny Ings... Um, is a goal scorer. Ollie Watkins is also a goal scorer. Um, Emmy Buendia has been brilliant for Norwich for the last few seasons. Leon Bailey has been playing in the Champions League and European, you know, on the big stages for the last few years as well. So there's no doubt that you've got talent in that squad building off the defence that was strong last season with Dean Smith there as well. Obviously, Grealish is a massive miss. Um, and I do think it may take them some time to recover from that. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if Villa, you know, at, at Villa Park with you know thirty-five thousand people, there, beat some of the teams that we've got going in the top four. I just think they'll have that that knack to to beat teams, but then they may struggle against some teams away from home, like Watford, who you know are probably going to finish below them. But I do still think they'll they'll improve on you know their finish from last season. I, just I think it's a huge. Last time, Sorry, right. last time, Kieran, I think you wrote something about you know. Tottenham winning the league. It didn't age very well. So now we have it on video and audio. Let's actually see if this ages um, better. But just what after Nathan, once you said what you said, I think Kieran 
to just say his, you know, his eighth to eleventh because he just seems to be keep, keep saying whatever I say and being <laughs> with, you know, the bit of rubbish part to say at the Thanks, end. <laughs> yeah, no, um, um, just quickly on, on yeah. Villa, on Villa, just um, Spurs quickly. I was very surprised and I, I was very excited. I'm very excited by Tanganga and Skip. Those two, I thought Skip was horrible in the first 15 minutes. Yeah, he was. But he, he came into the game and just really looked looked like he belonged there. He just needs to improve his decision-making. But, you know, he's only, what, like 21, 22? So, I mean, he's got time. He's got, got plenty of years to improve. And Tangang was, was absolutely brilliant. But on Villa, um, I think it's going to be the biggest test of Dean Smith's career, this. Because, you know, he's had Grealish. And, you know, obviously, he's obviously... Smith has played a part, a huge part in Grealish's development. But when you have that world-class player... And I know he's probably not fully in charge of transfers, but then you have to replace him and set your team up slightly differently. That's where we're going to see a Villa capable with their big money. They've got, you say, third rich stone is in the league. Are they capable with Dean Smith to reach those heights that they want to want to reach? Or is it time, will it be time maybe to look elsewhere for someone with higher qualification, you know, that higher experience and that more of a winner? You know, I, I want, I'm backing Dean Smith to do well, but... You know, it's going to be a real interesting one to see how this early season form goes. Obviously, only one game. But is Dean Smith the man to lead Villa into Europe and into, you know, where they want to be? It'll be interesting to see. Anyway, Kieran, don't worry about the eight ten. Yeah. I'll, um... Now, this is kind of where it got, not a bit difficult, but you do have to think about who signed who and who's in charge of what and, and things like that. Um, so, in eight, I do still think they'll finish... In the top half, I don't think they've quite reached the level of being that bad yet. Um, I have gone for Arsenal in eighth. Um, same place as last season, I think. Um, I do think Ben White will come good. I just think it will take time. Um, it's going to be difficult for him after going from playing in a back five to a back four. You know, it's easy to say, oh, you're 50 million, you should be able to do that. But that transition, it's never going to be, you know, that easy. Um, I think... Surprisingly, Granite Jack is signing a one-year extension is actually a really good move on their part. Once he, you know, gets to be the player that he can be, you know, a bad jacket is awful, but a good jacket is, you know, up there with some of the best midfielders um, I think in the league. And that's hard for me to say as a Spurs fan. Um, I, I'm thinking now that Nicolas Pepe really needs to start getting into another gear. You know, he scored and got a fair few assists last season, but a lot of them were in, you know, other competitions other than the Premier League. I think he needs to start delivering on that stage. It's going to be a huge season for Saka, Smith, Rotini, who I think are probably Arsenal's three best players. Um, and if they can bring Odegaard in as well, which looks possible with what's going on at Real Madrid, um, I think they'll do OK. And I think it will be similar to what happened last season, where their first half of the season is quite poor but in the second half of the season they step things up and they and they get some some wins I think Arsenal just need to be able to beat the teams that will finish below them and, and I think they'll be okay I think they'll struggle and be out of their depth with a lot of the top six um, which is why I've put them eighth but I do think that they there's no there's no surely no way that every single team that you know is probably going to finish below Arsenal beats them 2-0 at home you know they can't they, they, that's the that's the good thing about that Brentford performance is surely it can't get worse because that was that was bad. Um, so I, I've gone for, for them in eighth. Um, in ninth, uh, I've gone for a team that probably could have conceded nine goals on the opening day of the season in Leeds. Um, although, you know, you, my God, last season with the tactics of playing the way Leeds do, just picked apart by terrible mainstream outlets who don't really have a clue, um, personally, in my opinion, what they're talking about. But, you know, there we go. Um, I do think at the end of the day, Patrick Bamford's a goal scorer, having someone like Rafinha, Dallas, Calvin Phillips, I think was probably a massive miss at the weekend. Um, but they've got a, a very good squad. Um, and they've added to that in areas where they probably needed to as well, obviously losing Alioski. Um, and I do think they'll do well again. It's just, it's going to be a case of, can they kind of st sturdy up the ship slightly and, you know, stop shipping as many goals um, and, and like with Arsenal, it's going to be a case of can they beat the teams below them or that will finish around them. Um, another team that I think will finish around them or below them um, is Everton. Um, made a good start to the season, obviously beating Southampton. Um, some interesting signings, um, but it seems like they've made sense for the kind of style you want to play. You know, Calvert-Lewin is brilliant in the air. And Andros Townsend, um, with both feet, 
is a very good crosser of the ball. Same with um, Damari Gray. Um, it's going to be a big season for Richarlison as well, obviously coming off the back of his gold uh, medal with Brazil. I think he needs to have, to step up and, and really play a part in it, especially when it looks like James Rodriguez um, is kind of being frozen out of the team um, as such. And if they can iron out the defensive mistakes that cost them the gold weekend against Southampton, I don't think there's any reason why they can't then try and push for, for something in Europe, but I do expect they'll finish uh, in 10th. And then who's your 11th, Kieran, just quickly? Am I doing 11th as well? Yeah, do you want? Yeah, 11th. I've gone Wolves. Raul Jimenez, isn't it? Another yeah. goal scorer. Uh, him being back is absolutely massive. Um, obviously, losing Nuno for them is, is huge, but it felt like maybe the right time for the cycle at that club. It kind of felt like it was dwindling ever so slightly, especially with Wolves losing, you know, a lot of their first team players to to teams that are just, you know, higher up in the division. Um, that's just kind of how it works sometimes. Um, but I do still think they have a very talented squad. Obviously, it was difficult with Pedence and Neto being injured as long as well as Jimenez for a large portion of the season. You know, Fabio Silva had a lot on his shoulders, and it just he just didn't quite deliver. You know, as you'd expect for someone with his lack of experience, kind of at the top level. Um, but they still have a fantastic squad, and if they can work out a system under um, Bruno, can't remember his last name. Nathan, help me out. <laughs> oh, large, large. Yeah, large. large. I didn't know how to say it. Yeah, yeah Bruno, weird. Bruno. Large. Yeah, um, he's a he's a very talented manager, and he's probably got his own ideas. He just needs to implement them on the Wolves team. And, and like you said, you know, Leicester did well to actually win that game, really, considering what happened. So I wouldn't be surprised if again Wolves kind of remain or go back to finishing in those mid-table spots they've kind of been known for since they've been in Premier League. And so, Ollie, how many? How many teams has Kieran got that you've got as well? And, and what's different on your 8th to 11th? Oh, it's quite funny. It's, it's a bit different, but it's not very different. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm pretty sure so far it's been identical, apart from Liverpool Man United do, you know, switch a route. But yeah. um, out of your four teams there, I have three of the same. Um, so it's pretty <laughs> similar. Um, and I, one of the teams is in the uh, same place and the rest of them aren't. So it's a bit of change. Um, I'll take that. In eight, this is a team that you didn't have. So it's a team, the my highest up in this lot. So in eight place, I've got West Ham. Um, you know, a bit a bit of a weird game. Quite an interesting game, to be fair, for this first <laughs> Newcastle. And against Cracker. You know, it probably haven't got high expectations necessarily this season. But And West Ham did look a bit open at the back. Um, and I think, you know, if you can see that many against Newcastle, it kind of proves that. Um, even though Newcastle is probably attacking probably one of the best parts of their team, or is the best part of their team. But um, but this West Ham team, I think, you know, they did really well last season under David Moyes. And, um, they, you know, they've got players there which just are good players. You know, Antonio up front, all these sort of players. And I think they're going to have a good season again. Um, I hope I'm not disappointed because they are quite a fun team to watch. I quite like their style of play and I quite like their attacking um, tactics, stuff like that. But yeah, so they're my eighth team. team that, that's the only team that's different, um, sadly, um, compared to Kieran's, apart from the order. But yeah, no, West Ham for me, um, I was surprised. that I thought Kieran was going to say it, to be honest. But no, West Ham for me, um, yeah, they're just a good team under David Moyes. I'm just... I think with West Ham, and I, the problem is because I've got them a little bit lower than eighth. They are in my eighth to eleventh, but... The problem with West Ham is they didn't recruit very well over the summer and they've got, they're playing in Europe now. They're playing Europa League. They'll be playing Thursday. They're in the groups, I think. So they're playing six, six guaranteed games on a Thursday and there's just really a complete lack of depth in that team, especially in attack. So the worry is, you know, how it gets with, with teams and I'm sure we've all kind of experienced it, especially in Europe, where it's like that can't balance it. You get a good result Thursday and you lose Sunday, you're a bit tired. So I think that might be the only reason why West Ham don't do as well. But I, I think they've got a, a good team, at, you know, they're strong 11 at least and you know perhaps the few of the flaws that weren't there last season the likes like Craig Dawson might get shown this year but they're definitely being for a good season I think Ben Rama's going to be really good as well that's one to watch for a great player this season I mean last season you know Cresswell really stood out and I mean he, he got in the act um, or was it his goal was it not his goal yeah it was it was, was his, his goal yeah. yeah okay just check in there you know he got on the act again in the first game of the season so hopefully he'll have a good season because you know he did really well last year and Antonio and Benoit like you said but below them in ninth you know they have to be somewhere it is Arsenal 
Um, they, <laughs> they didn't make my top eight. And, you know, I'm so glad I put them there after the first display of the weekend. But all we know is that could be the only loss they get now for the rest of the season. It's not going to be. All right? I and doubt I'll, that. I'll put, I'll put my house out. I don't even have a house, but I'd put my house on down on that. But, um, yeah, for me, Arteta's not the one. For me, um, they just, in my opinion, all the other teams above them, and I'm including, like, you know, Villa and stuff like this, isn't it? they all have a backup plan when things don't go right. Arsenal don't have a backup plan. Things don't go their way. They don't seem to be able to change the game up. They don't seem to have that the tactics embedded in them to be able you know, okay, that's not working, let's do this. Um, and I think that's just where Arteta's not got Arsenal working. They just seem to struggle when they go behind. And if you get a goal against them and you go up, you know, you're probably in for a good shout of winning. I'd love to see the stats of how they've come back from behind. I, I imagine it's very poor. I mean, they ever have. Yeah, I was going to say under Arteta. I think yeah, no, they haven't. Poor. So, I mean, yeah, for me, they're going to struggle with that sense. And... I think Arteta is probably going to be one of the first managers to get sacked. And, you know, it's a shame. I really thought he was going to do well, you know, guidance under Pep, but just hasn't worked out. I think a it's horrible a horrible first job. Yeah, I think it's a bit like a Lampard one. He's come in, you know, you expected and you really wanted him to do well. And it, he just hasn't. Um, Speak for yourself. <laughs> what? I don't want him. I didn't want him to do well. Well, yeah, I, I did. I, I thought you spoke to, speak to yourself. You know, I'm not a manager. I was like, have you seen my headphones? Um, Me, gonna bring that up. But yeah, no. But yeah, no. So Arteta for me is is not fit for Arsenal. I'm sure he will do really well, but yeah, somewhere else. Just not this season for Arsenal, I'm afraid. And. Yeah, they have a really nice looking team. You know, you got Saka, you got Smith Rowe in there. You know, you got some good players, and just I don't understand what's going wrong. Um, and I think maybe if you play Saka, maybe because you know he's obviously Euros tied, but if he comes into the starting lineup, they might have a bit more of a flair going forward because he did really work the Euros. But I think you know you look at this team and the. The good side of it is their youth. And I don't think if your strongest part of your team is your youth, there's going to come a time in season where that lets you down because, you know, they haven't all got that experience. And I think, you know, you need the, the older heads there. And like you said, Bamiyang's not really been on it. And so, yeah, it's not looking good again for Arsenal in my eyes. But below them are Leeds. Um, in 10th, I think this is the only one we had the exact same. I'm pretty sure you had... Wait. You had Leeds 9th, didn't you? Did you have them 9th? Uh, I had Leeds 9th. Who do you have 10th? Uh, Everton. Okay, we have none in the same order. <laughs> oh, I've got Leeds in 10th. Now, everyone got really excited about them, and I know they're in a different league to Sheffield United, but I really hope the same doesn't happen to them with the second season syndrome where they just go down. But looking at the team, and you said about the players, you know, Rafina, Bamford, they have a lot stronger team than Sheffield United did. Um, they're in a much better position from the gut. Well, not actually from the goalkeeper, they had a good goalkeeper, but from, you know, up front, they got people to get goals and they have a Premier League team, whereas Sheffield United didn't really have that. But, you know, I just think they do need to be wary um, and careful because you see it a lot, like you did see with um, with Sheffield United, that, you know, they had a great season, they got up, they did really well and then they got relegated again. So hopefully it doesn't happen. But for me, Leeds cannot be disheartened after the Manchester United thrashing. It's a rivalry, you know, the games are always different. Um, you never know what's going to happen. They got smashed last season and they had a great season. So, to be fair, I don't want Leeds fans to get disheartened. I'm sure they're not because it happened last season. But they have a great team. And it, it's weird. I really, really like their team. You know, Bamford, uh, Rafinha. And then, obviously, like you said, um, Calvin Phillips in midfield. You know, he did great at the Euros. If he can come back in and replicate that, I don't think he's going to be a Leeds player for much longer. Um, so, yeah, Leeds are my team in 10th. And then in 11th is Everton. I was a bit um and ah because I think their season's either going to be a shock and they're going to do really well or they're going to do really bad. But saying that, I put them in the middle of a pack. So, I mean, I clearly think they're going to do average. So, neither of those two. But, yeah, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. Like you said, the transfers don't necessarily sparkle. But I think they're necessary transfers, if you know what I mean. The transfers that they're not going to get the fans going, but they're going to do so much work and so they're going to benefit the team so well that it kind of makes up for the non-star. But it's just a bit... If this was the team and this was the manager and this was the transfers happening and you ignore the season prior, it looks decent. But I think because last season, you know, they had such a quality team. And I know, you know, they still got those sort of players there. But the transfer winner they had, the manager they had, everything just looked so promising. For it to now be, you know, here with Rafa Benitez and, you know, signed Damari Gray, 
it's just a bit down from Ancelotti and getting Hummers Rodriguez in, if you know what I mean. So it's a weird one for me. They're a team that have gone from, you know, right at the top, all their fans thinking, you know, this is going to be a really good couple of years ahead to now being where they are with Benitez and um, Gray. No disrespect to them, you know. Um, yeah, they're my team on 11. So I've got West Ham, Arsenal, Leeds and then Everton. I think Everton are an interesting one. I think Rafa Benitez, I love Rafa Benitez. He can move to Everton. I still love him, but he's very suited to that job in terms of he's quite not very similar to Moyes, but that kind of that defence first mentality, which I think will benefit Everton. Um, their transfers were funny, but yeah, I think it was also down to their, their FFP. You know, they've spent 150 million in the last three years to finish in the same place they'll probably finish this season. You know, so it's, it's not really worked the, the experiment of you know, spending a ton. So it'd be interesting to see making more systematic signings of, you know, sort of players that, you, you know, I'll get a laugh at when I see it, but they will actually work, you know, when, when they play, you know, the likes of Andrew Townsend probably will be quite a functional player and did very well under Benitez at, at Newcastle. So it'll be interesting to see, but they aren't in my um, 8th to 11th, to be honest. I've got 8th, I've got Spurs, uh, I look back on it, not great pick. At the time, you know, I saw Dyer Sanchez, I thought City were going to win 6-0, obviously that didn't happen. <laughs> This guy's um, got Spurs in eighth and Chelsea in where? Third? Third. I mean, no, that's not... Where are Arsenal? Not Six? Six. <laughs> but Spurs look all right, to be fair. I think they're going to do quite well. Just It'd be interesting to see what happens with Kane coming back in the team. I think they'll, they'll kind of just mess up in a few games, kind of typical of, of a team that would finish in fifth, sixth, seventh. You know, They'll have a few games where they should win, they don't win. Is what it is. Ninth Leeds, I think the way Leeds play, as was mentioned, they've got, they got absolutely thrashed on Saturday, but the way they play, they'll, they'll give out some hidings and they'll take some as well. Um, that Hopefully, I beg they don't have second season syndrome because they are probably the most fun team in the Premier League to watch. So I hope that they, they stay in it for, for that sake. 10th West Ham, like I mentioned, in, in terms of the um, Europe, I think is the reason it will cost them. I think they'll have a good start, but they'll just end up in 10th in because, you know, they'll lose a few games while they're playing in Europe. And then uh, Wolves 11th, I was, I was encouraged by the performance against Leicester. And I think they've got um, a lot to give, a good team. I, you know, they could, realistically, when it comes to these positions, I think anyone from like 8th to 4th, 9th to 14th could kind of finish anywhere within that. But for me, Wolves are a team that I think should do all right. Not not like brilliantly, but all right. Yeah, should we blitz through the um, the second half then? Yeah, I, th- I think we get from 12th oh, yeah. to 12th to 16th. I was going to say, yeah. The I relegation. Why don't we just look that through? If we do 12th to 17th, then that's everything but the relegation places. We want one team, one team to make it interesting. We want one team. We just, okay, yeah, go, go, go. Can, we, can we just say 12th to 16th? Just name them. Don't have to go into discussion. Yeah, just go. Just don't. Just little. Little one-liners, okay. maybe. Yeah, go on. Do go on, Ollie, You kick us off. Oh, okay. All right. So I'll carry on where you left off then with Wolves. To be honest, they're my 12th team. Um, like you said. Uh, you know, they're a good team and anyone in anywhere of this is going to be tight, just like the top four is going to be tight. I think the middle of the uh, table is going to be tight. Um, below that is Brentford, my highest um, promotion team. Um, I've got them quite high. I've got them quite high. Um, I want them to do really well because I, like, <laughs> I like them as a club. Um, and I said when they got promoted, I wasn't going to get too excited and too hyped by them because they could just, work, they could just you know, you know the sort of team that looks really good, but they still go down. Uh, they could do that, but I mean, they've given me some some reason to be optimistic with their beating of Arsenal. Well, that's not really hard, and uh, nowadays is it? I love to see XC go up against them at the minute. Um, anyway, no, <laughs> that'd be a terrible game. There'd be no goals in that. Game. Below Brent, so Brentford are thirteenth, so uh, you know, good first season if they can finish there. Below them is Southampton, a team for me that I thought they were going to do really well last season, and they just started to die off a little bit. A bit like Everton, to be honest. They started off. You remember when they were in a promote title hunt or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, everyone was yeah. really good. That was a bit. Southampton. It was, started, like five, it was like five games in. Yeah. <laughs> Southampton, they started really well. Didn't they, like, tweet out or something? Like, yeah, they were, they were top. They were top of the yeah, league after top, beating... I think, you were saying, I think you were saying about them getting to Europe. Yeah, I was. I was. You, you want them to win the league. Yeah, I put them really high. Anyway, Southampton there. Um, that's my uncle Ray. You know, he's a Southampton supporter. Poor him. Anyway, below them in Newcastle. Um, I, I was debating putting them a lot lower down than 15th. I mean, you can't be much lower down, but I'll put them in 15th, um, yeah. Uh, and then in 16th, I've got Brighton. They were also very nearly very low down, but you know they're the sort of teams that just have something. They just pull it out of the bag when they need to and they stay up. And for me, that's why they're there. So, yeah. Don't care who... in far. Okay. Um, so, as you mentioned with Europe and West Ham, that's why I've put them 12th as well. I think there's a real lack of depth up front with Antonio's injury record as well. It might be good for them um, with him playing that many games so I've got them there 
Um, I've actually got Crystal Palace in 13. Um, I just think Wilfred Zaha is probably the best player that you have in the second half of the table on his day. Um, and I think it's going to be a massive season for him. Obviously, new manager coming in. A lot of experienced heads um, departing. But then they've actually kind of brought in some players who, you know, again, once I think they gel, it was always going to be tough for them opening day of the season against Chelsea. But once they gel, I think they'll be OK. Um, 14th, I've gone for Brighton. Um, ben White leaving is obviously massive, but I think Morpé and Trossard have enough going for them in an attacking sense to do all right for them, especially with Basuma um, in midfield. I've then uh, agreed with Oli and gone for Newcastle um, in 15th. Um, I think we spoke about this saying that it was a bad team. But then you look at going forward, St. Maximan Willock, um, Wilson is brilliant, but the defensive is that's where the concern is, as we saw by them shipping four goals um, on the opening day of the season. So I think that could be their downfall, but they'll do still okay. Um, and then I've got Brentford um, in 16, expecting them to stay up. I think they will struggle against some teams, but I do expect Ivan Tony to get between 10 to 15 goals, and I think that will be a large reason of why they stay up. Um, the way they play is quite expansive, and we saw that against Arsenal. Um, and I think against some teams, it might just be too much. Um, so I, I would expect them to stay up. Yeah, for me, I've gone Palace 12. I'm excited by the transfer business. I thought Gway was an excellent signing. Olise, it's a shame Eze's not fit or else they could be one of the more fun teams in the Premier League. Um, so they look they look interesting at least. Um, obviously, and will take time to gel too. 13th Everton, I think they'll just kind of, yeah, middle around. They could finish out anywhere from like 8th to, to 16th with the, the way that they'll probably pick up some results, lots of 1-0s, clean sheets, all that kind of stuff. Um, 14th Brighton, I mean, if they could score goals, they'd probably be in Europe. So... We'll see how that, that goes on. Obviously, the Kings of XG, um, they're an interesting team. Um, and they're quite fun as well, so I, I want them to do well. 15th Burnley, I'm not sure because they've not recruited that well, but they always seem to just have enough about them to, to stay up. And, and Sean Dyche is an excellent manager in that regard. And then uh, 16th Southampton, I'm not actually not that sure on this because I'm not sure how good their team actually is. And some of the defending I saw um, against Everton was criminal. But we'll have to see whether they can do it. I think Adam Armstrong's a great sign and I think he'll do well in there. But moving on to, to the relegation zone, the relegation places, there's four teams what, we haven't what teams mentioned. Have, what teams have we all got left? I've got uh, Burnley, Palace and Norwich. I've got Newcastle, Brentford, Watford and Norwich. I've got Burnley, Southampton, Norwich and Watford. Have we all done the same thing and read them in the order going down? Because I didn't, just gave away my list. We all just I, did it. Well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. Anyway, anyway, I, I, I can't even remember yours, Ollie. Yeah. Look, I was going to say, I read it out and I was like, I've just said that in the list. I should have done that. In right, go on, Ollie. Since, since you <laughs> give us your, give us your list. Right, I got Watford in 17th. So, you know, avoiding the drop. Um, and in fact, I'm thinking I should have put them a bit further up after that, um, after the first game. But like we said, you can't. I wouldn't get, get too ahead of yourself, mate. Too yeah. excited. But, but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, they've got quite a few players out injured, I think, attacking-wise. And so they played, obviously, like Dennis Guy up front, and he did decent. So, I mean, you know, I think it could be a bit of a better season than I put down for them um, if they can continue getting doing, like, how they did on the weekend. Um, below that, I think it's just, you know, it's time for Burnley to, you know, stop being at the bottom. And I think they're going to go. Um, I think that, you know, they've been fighting there a while. And, you know, they, they are quite good defensively. You know, they stop people, especially like some Man United. We can't break them down. And so that's why I think they've done well. But it, there comes a time where you just do drop back down. And I think that's going to happen. Sunderland. Yeah, and I think it's going to yeah, happen. I don't think up. And un, unlike no, no, no. you guys are saying, it's a complete opposite way around. I've got the same with Crystal Palace. I know they've got Eze. I know they've got Zaha. They've got quality stars in there. But it's such a... Big, big change going on there. New manager, so many players being released, a lot of players being brought in. It, it just takes time to, you know, gel, and especially with a manager that's not been in the Premier League as a manager. Um, I think it can just be, I think it could be a bad season ahead. Or it could be really good, like you guys said. Um, but for me, so many changes going on there that... They, I think they're in for a bad season. And, and I'm sure if they go down, you know, their second season, they can do really well in the championship and come straight back up as long as they stick by um, Vieira. It's Vieira, isn't it? Um, yeah. 
yeah, um, stick by him and they can do well again. But for me, the amount of change, I'm pretty sure it's similar to what Fulham did when they got promoted. They signed so many players, they just didn't click, they didn't um, gel, and, and they went straight back down. And it's a very young team as well, I want to say. They signed a lot of young players, and that, clearly they have that sort of vision. They want to have um, a young, you know, spine to it, and they want to bring it in with youth players. But for me, I think it's going to work really well in the long run. I just don't think this season's going to be their season. Uh, and then bottom of the pack, you know, they 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 like doing it. They like going up and going back down a bit, like Fulham at Norwich. Um, and I feel like we could all be having them in the bottom or bottom two at least. So yeah, Norwich for the bottom of mine. You know, I watched the only game actually. I think I watched the Premier League was or really, actually I watched Newcastle West Ham. I watched Liverpool, Norwich, and. They just are a championship team, aren't they? And they, you know they've lost players. If they lose Campwell, I think it could go from bad to worse for them. You know they lost Buendia, and so uh, Puki, you know he's been around for ages. I'm surprised he's still their number one striker because you just look at that team and I just get just don't see it going very well. Kieran, what, what's your bottom four? Um, so uh, in 17th, I think they're going to stick around a bit longer. I think they've just got the Premier League know-how. I've got Burnley. Um, Sean Dyche loves Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes, and I, I, I do as well, just for their Chris pure... Wood guaranteed 15 goals, Chris Wood. Isn't it? It's, 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 just, it's just what happens. They can defend as well, and the work I think they have in midfield is very um, impressive. So I do think that they will um, stay up. Uh, and my 18th team, you know, Ollie, you mentioned about um, Southampton winning leagues. I think next season they might win the championship because I've got Southampton <laughs> to, to go down. Love that one. Uh, I just me? think I've so had it in my head for like 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I just think that they will struggle. Danny Ings got them a lot of points last season. And yeah, Adam Armstrong is a brilliant signing. Um, it's just whether or not he can hit the ground running. Obviously, he has scored. Um, since I made these, but I do think it, you know maybe he he will struggle. <laughs> Ironically, has had the opposite effect of Che Adams, where it took him about 20, 25 games yeah. to score, and Armstrong scored on his debut. Um, I think losing Vestergaard as well is huge. He was a massive organisational cog in that back line, and I look at it now and I I see a lot of players who've got mistakes in them. Um, so I think the the impetus on Warprouse this season is going to be huge. Um, but I think just because of that, you know, he plays every minute. Um, I think he will pick up an injury and maybe a, a severe one. Not too severe, but enough to keep him out for a few months. Um, so I've got them to go down as well. Um, obviously, the bottom two is Norwich and Watford. Um, I, I don't really know maybe which way that this would go, but I just do feel like Norwich maybe have a slightly better team-ish. And they've made some recruitments, at least that I'm aware of, uh, bringing in Rashika from... Um, Overseas and Billy Gilmore as well, I think, will hopefully have the kind of skip effect um, that he had when he went on loan at Norwich last year. Obviously, very different to the Championship and Premier League, but Oliver Skip necessarily hadn't really proven himself at that level yet. Whereas I feel like Gilmore has begun to. You know, that performance against Liverpool obviously couldn't um, replicate that at the weekend, but you know, at the Euros when he played as well, he's, he just looks years above um, what he actually is. And I, I think he'll. Play well, but you know, not really do enough to keep them going. Uh, and then I've got Watford to finish um, bottom. You know, I do think maybe their defence will slightly be their undoing. I think they just not got lucky as such, but you know, the goals that they scored, one was deflected, one was a worldy, and one was a good finish. So you kind of look at it, and the kind of everything went their way on that day. Um, and if I'm honest, I think that might be where their season peaks. Maybe they'll get a win over a team kind of in the top six. Uh, well, nearly top seven was where I put Aston Villa, um, but I do think they just don't have enough to to stick around. I'm I'm surprised by that. I looked at the Norwich team and I honestly was gobsmacked they're even in the Premier League. I just I just don't see much talent there. Whereas with what they ran away with the championship. they won. Yeah, they won I the know, championship. I know, I know, I know they did. But they, <laughs> you know, Fulham and them do that all the time. They go straight back down. It doesn't mean anything. Fulham went went through the playoffs. Yeah, but Watford for me, I don't Fulham never win that. Like Watford have yeah, got we'll now we'll see we'll see we'll see yeah Watford have got, we'll some, see, we'll see. got that sort of talent you know put them up at I'm actually regretting putting Burnley so far down now because they've still got um what's his name Neil out wide or whatever um, and, yeah and, and they're getting that corner as well so yeah, they're getting so, another yeah. wing they have two wings so you know Burnley could be my you know my regret here putting them so low down but. Yeah, Watford for me, I think I think they've got a much better team than Norwich. But, you know, I don't really watch Championship football. Well, so they're both going down in my mind anyway. <laughs> no matter what. what, what um, for me, 17th, Newcastle. I think 
The problem with Newcastle is their attack, they've got, as, as mentioned, St. Maximum, Wilson, Willock are all excellent players and are very good, probably better than Newcastle um, are in terms of in the status as a club. The problem is Wilson and St. Maximum, they're two most injury prone players. So when they're out, you've got Joel Linton and, you know, I mean, J- Jacob Murphy, I think it's Jacob or Josh Murphy, he's actually he's quite good. But he's not that level, you know, there, there's levels to it. And St. Maximum and Wilson are very much a cut above what Newcastle have. Also, whenever you think about Newcastle, you have to factor in Steve Bruce is the manager. So they're never going to do <laughs> as well as you think. I think the fact they've got Graham Jones might just be enough in their coaching staff. Obviously, when he came in, Newcastle's season got a whole lot better. He was also at England in the Euro, so he's on form in terms of being a good coach. Um, and I think it will just about, I think they'll just about have enough to stay up. They might finish a bit higher than 17th. I think they'll just be they'll be all right because of Wilson and St. Maximum. But and it's a shame with Newcastle because they have all I mean, say everyone says this, but they have the makings of a club that could be consistently top half. But the owner just doesn't want it. The owner I doesn't care. Say, the question of a Newcastle this year this year, like every year, is will or will they not be sold? So you know. Yeah, and hopefully they are because I think Newcastle being in the top ten and being a team that gets in Europe would be a great thing for the Premier League. It'd be a great thing for that region because that region's not had a lot of good football over the years with, with Sunderland and, and um, Newcastle so hopefully I, I root for Newcastle I hope they hope they can get it sorted out and get get a bit better but they'll just about stay up this year um, 18th Brentford the win against Arsenal was probably the most unexpected shock win ever um, but they give me Norwich vibes you know you know when Norwich beat Man City um, we all remember that game Norwich looked unreal they also beat Newcastle and you know they looked like they were going to stay up and be brilliant and then they didn't like, win a game from then on out, well, they, they took so long to win. So I just think with Brentford, the lack of quality may catch them out a little bit. I was really surprised with Panos' performance at that left wing back, actually, because I thought he was a weak point of that team, being a predominantly attacking winger that has learnt to play there. But he was absolutely excellent. So I think they actually have the makings to shock me and, and surprise me and, and obviously surprise maybe a whole lot of people, not the people that have kept put them to stay up, but... I think they could do really well. And I think Thomas Frank's a great hey, manager. Kieran, I think they'll do all right. I think Thomas Frank's a great manager, and I think Brentford could be a team that, even if they went down, the way they recruit, they'll be they'll be they'll be in the Premier League again in the next three years, whether they remain there or there, or they have to get promoted back back into it. And then, like everyone, like you, Kieran, I've Watford and Norwich are the teams going down for me. I put Norwich last just because of track record. Um, they're always there, so they'll probably finish there. They're too good for the Championship. They're not good enough for the Premier League. Um, you know that that's unfortunately how it is. Rashik is a Hello, great sign. I think I think Sargent also could be an interesting signing. Can't say I know a lot about him, but I know he's, he's quite a well-regarded prospect. Um, Billy Gilmore, Brandon Williams, apparently join in as well. So a lot a lot of decent stuff from Norwich. I just don't think, as usual, they don't have enough. And I like Fark as well. And, but is what it is. And Watford, I mean, a great start to the season, but again, track record and, and their squad. They've not recruited incredibly well, but. We'll have to see with Watford because Watford are capable of. I mean, no one expected them to go down really when they went down. If I'm, if I'm right, I think they were expected to kind of just middle or around mid table again, but they went down. So it'll be interesting to see. They've got a, a good team. Obviously, Ben Foster has a lot of faith in his boys. He thinks he's going to finish 13th. We'll have to see whether he's right or I'm right in, in <laughs> saying 19th. But um, it'll be interesting. Moving on to kind of individual awards and individual, what, who's going to do the best? Let's we'll start with top goal scorer. Um, I've gone boring. I mean, it's not really, you can't really go fun with these. You can't, you know, but I've gone boring. You know, the man that's always there, Mo Salah, um, I think he's in the top goal scorer just because he always is. Um, and so, and obviously with Kane sort of being very unsettled, I'm not sure whether he'll quite hit the heights that he did last season. So I that's who I've gone I won't lie to you. I completely forgot we were doing individual awards, but I mean, it's not going to the... be a hard one. I've been thinking since we started it and... I'm not really. I don't really have full of confidence that he will. I think he'll do really well. But I'm going to go for Kaku. I put them to win the league, and I think if you're going to win the league, you need you know a good goal scorer. But the thing with me is Chelsea can probably have a few scorers in there if they get Lukaku because Lukaku just links up play really well. And I think Salah is a great shout. It was going to be Salah or um, Lukaku for me, but I'm going to go Lukaku. First season back, win the title, golden boot, happy days. <laughs> yeah, well, I've agreed with one of you. Um... And quite fitting with this podcast is Oli that I've agreed with. Um, <laughs> I've gone for Lukaku as well. Obviously, I've got Chelsea to win the league. Um, he's missed one game, but I mean, there's still 37 left and he'll probably play in all of them. And judging by the amount of chances that that team creates, what they were missing last season was a consistent, proven goal scorer. And now they've got that. 
I don't see him not winning the Golden Boot. I think, yeah, of course, Salah will be up there, um, as will a few others. Um, but for me, it will it will be Lukaku that takes it. He's got to get it quick, though, Annie, before Man United get Haaland and then it's just game over and he wins. <laughs> time, so, so yeah. moving on to the to the creators, Ollie. Who's 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 assisting the most? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I feel like we could have a clean sweep, or Kieran might be on me as well. He's never agreed with me more in his life, to be honest. So this is a surprise. (laughs) But I'm going to go sit with my boy Bruno Fernandez. You know, he's got. Look at him. We say the clean sweep. um, (laughs) You know, he he gets goals and he gets assists, and it's what he does. And without him, I think United, you know, would be a lot worse off. Um, Well, not a lot worse off, just worse off. You know, it's not bad, are they? Um, But yeah, for me. He's always there. Um, maybe Pogba, you know, from the first game. At yeah, that. he's got to start. Bruno, uh, Bruno for me. Kieran, I assume you've gone Bruno. I'd skip me, mate. I've gone Bruno. <laughs> Just, I've gone. I mean, I've gone. Too. Quite, quite ironic. Sorry, quite ironic that the person that you've gone for, we've gone for the most assists, is currently the top scorer at the moment. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, I do think he's just—he's a very—he's a very good footballer, isn't he? I could see him quite easily getting, you know. 15-15 kind of goals and assists. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. He's just a fantastic footballer. I've gone, you know, the typical, when you think of who's the best player maker in the Premier League, I've gone Kevin De Bruyne. He'll you probably play make a lot. That was after um, that. He'll probably get past. Obviously, I've backed Man City to win the league, so I would like to think that he will do well and assist lots. And if Kane does somehow join City, I mean, what better for De Bruyne that than just being able to have someone you can give it to and he'll probably hold it up to and shoot, score plenty of assists, hopefully. Um, moving on, so we'll go for the last player award. Who's going to be the player of the year? Who's going to be the best player in the Premier League? Obviously, it was Ruben Diaz last year, I'm pretty sure. Who is going to win that? I've gone, I'll, I'll start because I've gone Kevin De Bruyne. He's very good. He's probably, for me, again, he's the best player in the Premier League. So if Man City do win the league, I assume their best player will be the best player. And Kevin De Bruyne should deliver on that hope. This is hard. This is a hard one. And have you got one? Um, yeah, I, I've, I've got one. Mine's a bit outside, sort of, I think, but I think this player can really, his potential is absolutely limitless. Um, part of the title winning team at Chelsea, I don't think it'll be Lukaku, but I think like Bruno, it'll be someone who's up there with goals and assists um, and has really come into his own since Tuchel's been here, obviously, his, his countryman. I've gone for Kai Havertz um, to win player of the year. I just think this is going to be a season to prove that price tag. Um, I think he's going to be brilliant under Tuchel and with Lukaku in front of him. You know, I'd love to know how many um, times Timo Werner missed an opportunity after being passed the ball by Kai Havertz. And if you take out Werner and put in Lukaku, I, I just expect him to, to always score them. Um, he might miss, you know, a few games with the depth they have there and, and the Champions League and things like that. But I do think that he's going to be a consistent starter um, and will win player of the year. Um, we haven't gone the same, but we have gone the same club. So, you know, it's kind of in line with what's going on. I was going to say Lukaku, because it normally always goes to a new signing. And I'm sure it will do, because, you know, it's just the way it goes. And I don't think for any reason, for, I don't think this person's going to win it at all. But I think he should win it. He's had a great couple of months, you know, the Euros, this, that, and that. I'm going to go Jorginho. He's just been exceptional recently and you know he's just a player that you kind of just, he doesn't really go under the radar but if you don't really know football he goes under the radar um, but for me I think he's going to continue he's going to win the league he's going to just continue with his you know just roaring through all these trophies I'm going to go with him you know I think he's going to be key to Chelsea's team and I think you know he can link up with Havertz to then link up with Lukaku so yeah I've gone Jorginho he's just been on yeah. board winning everything looked all We've looked at all the positives, what players are going to be the best, but which manager is going to be the first out the door? Who's going to get sacked first? Who, what manager is going to struggle? I'll go first. Um, and this could be a horrible take because obviously they did so well on the weekend. But when you've got Watford in the Premier League, you cannot back anyone to sack the manager first, but Watford. For me, you know, I think in the last season in the Championship, they had Vladimir Ivic. He won manager of the month and got sacked two weeks later. So I think Cisco Muno is going to be the first one to get sacked just because Watford will lose like four or five games. And he'll, he'll go because just this is how Watford will operate. Um, I'm gonna go with Arteta. I said it earlier. I'm just gonna go with Arteta. Um, I can't. I, th- I put Norwich bottom, but I can't see Norwich sacking the manager because if you're Norwich, you don't have high expectations. You just gotta stick with them if you go up and down. Can't see Patrick Vieira uh, or ever getting sacked because you know he's only just been brought in and you know he's probably gonna get a good floss. Oh, that's a Frank de Boer. <laughs> 
Yeah, but you know, I just can't see it happening. Um, and then I think Watford's going to do better than many people expect. So I'm going to go with Arteta because he's he's had a fair bit of time there. And I don't think it's going to be very long. You know, it, it didn't go great last season. If it starts off going a bit, you know, I think the fans are all determining on him. And I'm pretty sure the board will too. So yeah, Arteta for me. Yeah, I've, I've gone somewhere different. Uh, it suits how my table lines up. Um, I, I don't think... Nathan's made a very good point with the Watford manager there. Um, you going to do Southampton? Huh? Are you going to do Southampton? Yeah, I, I do think it will be Ralph Hasenhutl. <laughs> yeah. uh, just based on what I think will happen in the league and with everyone leaving, I think that Southampton will reach a stage where they're like, oh Christ, we're in serious trouble here and they'll bring in someone who's a bit more of a relegation expert, maybe. Um, yeah, they did that with Mark Hughes, didn't they? I mean, he's not you know, expert, I, but... Yeah, someone who's someone who will grind you out horrible one nils. Um, I don't think Hassan Hootel's style of play is going to fit the players he necessarily has left. Um, losing Ryan Bertrand, I thought, was massive as well. Um, I just feel like they've lost players and they haven't replaced them. You know, a good four or five over the last few seasons. And I think Hassan Hootel ultimately is going to pay the price for that this season. Is he going to be around, though, for another, what is it, 9-1 has it been or something like that every season or something? 9-0, isn't that'll, it? That'll probably be the final final nail. Yeah, the, the yeah, third consecutive one. Man United, go on, another act. <laughs> Come on. But yeah, interesting, interesting. I mean, it's going to be an interesting season ahead. I think this has all the makings to be, you know, a classic Premier League season with fans back and, and that energy in the stadium. Yeah, it's, I, I, you just forget that. I, I, COVID for me just seems like you've got used to it. So I always forget fans weren't there last season. But yeah, what a great season. I, I can't wait. I mean, I looked at, I think, the Saturday evening fixtures. I want to say Watford v Brighton. I'd look at that last year and think, oh, I'll, just, I'll watch the highlights later. I will be tuning into that just yeah. because it, Premier League's back, fans are back. I love football. I'll probably <laughs> be on my phone for most of the game. But, you know... Just by the, the the small hope that it's a three-all, uh, I'll, I'll be cheering into it. He loves it. He loves football. And he loves <laughs> football. I love football. And that wraps up the One Two Football podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check out our major social media pages and check out the podcast on all big platforms at either One Two Football or at One Two Football UK. Also, take a look at One Two Football for the latest written pieces from our growing list of contributors around the world. We'll be back next week.